morning. Uh, my name is Adam. If this is your first time here, we're pumped you chose to spend part of your weekend with us here. We are in part three of comments. You should definitely post that. And what we've been doing is uh, talking about how we conduct ourselves on social media. So uh, as I was doing research for this series, I stumbled across uh, an article that talked about, uh, gave tips on how to take the perfect selfie. Um, and I, sometimes I have mild ADD, so I read it for some reason, um, even though I don't post a lot of selfies. And uh, it actually, like, I learned a lot, not just about how to take selfies. I learned a lot about how people think about social media by reading that article. And I wanted to share it with you, um, 10 tips on how to take the perfect selfie. So in case you're ever wondering, uh, this is going to be important for you. I expect our church's selfie game to get better because of this, okay? Just so you know. Um, and so, some of you are like, I don't care about that, but that's okay. Um, because the whole morning, really, I'm, I'm just going to be upfront with you. How many of you, you have like uh, liberal, liberal arts college degrees? Um, if you have that, you know that you don't always use everything that you learned in liberal arts, but you're a more well-rounded person for having been there. That's what they told you anyways. Um, and today's going to kind of be a little bit like that in that not everything I say is going to be applicable perfectly to you, but there will be something. There will be something. And I want you to listen for the thing that God is trying to say to you today, okay? So uh, probably not this first part because we're just going to talk about how to take the perfect selfie. Um, so here, here we go. You guys ready? Perfect selfie. Ten steps. Uh, number one, lighting is everything. I'm pretty sure that's how you're supposed to say it. Um, and, and here's a quote from the article. Lighting is undoubtedly the best beauty product that you don't have to pay for. Am I right, ladies? This is important. Um, they even suggested uh, not taking the selfie in front of the computer, but get this, going outside. Crazy, right? Like there's this thing in the sky that like shines and it gives better light than your computer screen. So they said to go outside. That's where the lighting uh, is best. Number two, smile like you mean it. Uh, you're, you're really supposed to smile like you mean it. And it used this, this uh, word, smize, smize. You're supposed to smize. Uh, you don't know what that means. Neither did I. I had to look it up. Urban Dictionary is the best. S-M-I-Z-E, smile with your eyes. Smile with your eyes. See, you're already learning things today, and it's awesome. So you got to smile, people, in your uh, selfies. Number three, uh, take a lot of selfies. This was, like, the most amazing point to me. The article literally suggested taking 500 selfies before posting one. Okay? So the reason you're not very good at taking selfies is because you're not trying hard enough. Okay? You need to increase your effort out there. Okay? I'm not even kidding. It's at 500 to 1. 500 to 1 ratio. Um, number four, play your angles. This was the most fascinating to me. I actually learned something here. Um, evidently, the best angle to take a selfie is slightly elevated and slightly off to the side. Um, why? Because Kim Kardashian says so. Okay? I don't know. But that's evidently it. It is, though, a scientific fact that if you take a selfie straight on and slightly below chin level, you will look like a serial killer. So do not do that. If that's your profile picture, take it down right now. It's terrifying. Okay? Uh, number five, use the right filters. Super important. Number six, don't over-edit, though. Uh, number seven, watch your background. Toilet in the background is not a great thing anymore. Okay? Uh, Number eight, no duck face. So 2008, guys, come on. We know it makes your cheekbones look good, but don't do that anymore. Number nine, no gang signs. It's not 1998 anymore. You're not from the West Side. Stop it. And then listen to this. So this is, what I, I'm, I'm being really honest with you here. I, like, I feel like I'm being vulnerable. Like, I read the whole article, and it was long. Okay, it was a really long article. And then I got to number 10, and I could not believe number 10. 
Because this thing, I mean, we're, we're talking, it took me a couple of minutes to read this entire article. And I'm like, oh man, there's like details I didn't even know existed. Like, this is really important. Like, I just thought you took a picture, but it's like, there's scientific process here. And then you get down to number 10. And here's what number 10 is. Don't overthink it. <laughs> I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You're spinning around in your front yard taking pictures, but you're not supposed to think too hard about this. Like, I was blown away. And isn't that, though, like the curse of social media? Like, the whole idea is that you're supposed to, like, post this perfect thing, and you do all these steps, and you you climb to the top of the mountain, and you get there, and there's some jerk sitting there saying, you tried too hard, though. Like, that's, you did everything right, except for now we're going to get you for putting in a little too much effort. So, and I kind of feel like that puts you in an impossible situation, right? You're supposed to be able to post these perfect things and do all this stuff, but you're not supposed to look like you tried too hard to do it. And for me, those are like mutually exclusive. Either I'm posting the perfect selfie or I'm just going to post one and it's not going to be perfect. Like I have to either try and put a lot of effort and think a lot or not. Uh, And it sets up this weird dynamic. And as I thought about that, like that actually, it really did strike me. I like, I cannot believe that they said all that, then said, don't overthink it. And I got worried because... Sometimes maybe I can come off that way and I got worried specifically about this series. Like maybe you guys are hearing me say two separate things because I feel like I am both saying, hey, social media isn't that important and social media is really important. And you might be sitting there going, "Hmm, which is it, man? Like, is it it really important or is it not that important? Um, And I want to say yes, uh, depending on how you look at it. Um, And the Bible sometimes gives advice with a little bit of tension built into it. You know that? Uh, Jesus said this in Matthew uh, 10, 16. He said, "Uh, behold, I send you out a sheep in the midst of wolves, so be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. There's a little tension in that advice, right? Like it's, it's, it's both and, because it, it sounds like that might be impossible, right? Either I'm going to be shrewd or I'm going to be innocent. Either I'm a serpent or I'm a dove. Like I don't feel like I can be both at the same time. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 I want you to be both. You have to acknowledge nuance to be able to understand what he's saying here, right? If you're just a black and white person, you're like, well, I can be like one or the other, but I can't be both. But if you acknowledge nuance... You can get this. See, Jesus wants you to be aware of your surroundings in the world, but don't get sucked into them, right? He wants you to know the rules that the world plays by, but don't play by those rules. He wants you to know how the world works, but he wants you to work a different way. And I think this is really important for us on on social media to be shrewd as serpents, but innocent as doves. We need to know the rules of social media, but we need to play by different rules because we're Christians. We need to be connected, but we shouldn't be consumed by it. So, and I know there's a, there's a little bit of tension in that, and you should feel a little bit of tension in that. You need to be shrewd and innocent. They're both important because, I mean, in your pocket, isn't it crazy that in your pocket you carry around the ability to connect with hundreds of people in just a couple of clicks? Like, isn't that crazy? Like, if you're, I mean, I'm in my 30s now, so for me, I'm like, man, like 10, 15 years ago, like, you couldn't do that. You go on a walk and you're just like in the woods. Now you carry your two, 300 best friends with you as you go in that walk, right? You're not really alone anymore. And that's crazy. It's a powerful and dangerous thing, isn't it? It can be a really, really good thing that you have the ability to connect with that many people that quickly, or it could be a really, really bad thing. It's powerful and dangerous. So I hope you feel that, the weight of that. So last week, uh, if you were here, we gave 
five commandments of social media and kind of joked, like, if social media had been around back when God gave Moses 10 commandments, he'd have gave him 15, like, because this is really important stuff. Well, I'm going to go the full 10 here today. I'm going to give you the next five. So we're going to have 10 commandments of social media. Um, So this is kind of like six through 10. They're not in any real particular order. Um, But that's what we're going to do today. So uh, five more commandments of social media. Would you pray with me before we jump into these? Lord Jesus, I thank you. Uh, for being here today, Lord. I try not to go off feelings too much, but Lord, I I really felt your presence this morning. And um, I feel like you want to say something to someone today, Lord. And I don't know who, but um, I pray that they would be open to it. I pray that they would hear it, Lord. And I pray that they would be willing to do the thing that you speak today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so uh, let's just jump right in. Number six, or if this is your first time here, number one for you, uh, commandment of social media. Thou shalt not live for the like. Thou shalt not live for the like. Um, Did you know that when you post something on social media and someone likes it or hearts it or whatever, um, that your brain releases dopamine? Did you know that? That's the the feel-good chemical in your brain. Same chemical release when you uh, do drugs, have sex, eat a really good steak, hit three cherries on the slot machine. Okay, same chemical release when you get a little, the same thing, Um, which is crazy, right? So you post that perfect selfie and all of a sudden when somebody likes it, you get this dopamine hit. Um, And some people have been so well-trained that they don't don't even have to see the like. When they feel the buzz in their pocket, their brain does the thing. Isn't that crazy? It's like Pavlov's dogs, right? Like when they heard the bell, they started salivating. Now when we feel the buzz, our brain lights up. Like that's how well-trained we are by social media. And that's crazy, right? So let me ask you, have you ever posted something and checked your phone like one minute later to see if anybody liked it? Uh Have you ever been slightly disappointed that no one had yet? Mm -hmm. Have you ever been slightly disgusted with yourself that you were slightly disappointed that no one had liked it yet? (laughs) Yeah, me neither, me neither. We need to dig a little deeper than this though, right? Dig a little little past this dopamine hit. You know, I know know that that kind of turns Facebook into a a digital slot machine of sorts for our brain, but but let's let's dig below the surface of just that chemical thing happening in our brains. What's going on? What do we really want when we feel that buzz? What are we really after? I believe what we're after is approval. We desire approval, right? That, That little thumbs up that represents approval. We like to be liked. We like to be liked. That's what makes it so powerful. Now, if we don't want to live for the like, like some people would say, well, then the solution is to stop caring what people think. Stop living for approval then. If you don't want to do this, stop with the approval stuff. That would be what some people would say. But I would say, man, I don't know that you can. I don't know that you can turn the desire for approval off. Like, what if the desire for approval in general is built into your DNA? Like, What if you can't turn it off? What if God designed you to desire approval? And the problem isn't your desire for approval, but where you're looking to find it. The Apostle Paul said this in Galatians 1.10. He says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. So the Apostle Paul, uh, he's here kind of letting us know, hey, he figured something out. He's not trying to turn his desire for approval off. That was not his goal. He just redirected it. He he focused his need for approval uh, vertical. He said, no, 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 I live for the approval of God now, not 
of people. And the beautiful part about that, if you can actually get this down, and and I'm just saying maybe maybe today's gonna be the beginning of the road for you to say that you wanna live this way um, because I don't think you can like leave here and be like, all right, today I'm gonna live for God and it's like I don't need you guys' approval anymore. I don't think that's the case. It's gonna be like a two steps forward, three steps back process. But if you can start to get this, what will happen is uh, you will, if you drink deeply from the well of God's approval, you'll need people's approval less. If you can really grasp God's approval and really get a hold of it, your, your hunger for other people's approval will wane. Timothy Keller said it this way. He said, uh, if I have the smile of God, all other frowns are inconsequential. I love that. I love that. He's like, if I got God's smile, I don't care, I don't care who's frowning at me. If he's smiling, I'm good. I'm good. So if you struggle with this in your life, this need for approval, maybe it's not just on social media, maybe just in general in life, I want you to know I don't think you can turn it off. So if you're doing that thing, you're like, man, I just don't want to care what people think anymore. Like, I don't want to live for approval anymore. Like, don't think in terms of turning it off. Think in terms of redirecting it. You need to seek the approval of God. Dive into that. Pour yourself into that. And, and man, like think about it. Like we all know how like the, the approval or disapproval of our earthly fathers can really like set a person up or mess a person up, right? Don't you know that? Like how many of you know like some of the most messed up people you know and some of the most successful people you know, it has a lot to do with whether daddy approved or disapproved of them. Um, we know that's a powerful thing. So can you imagine if we can harness the power of the approval of our heavenly father? Can you imagine how powerful that would be if we could really get a hold of that? I think that any of the people who've done great things for God have really got a hold of that. They've harnessed the power of feeling the approval of their creator, feeling the smile of God, and they've been able to push through like any barrier because of that. So if you can really grasp it, And by the way, I know there's somebody sitting here thinking, well, (laughs) the way I live my life, I'm never gonna get the approval of God. Hold up a minute. The whole idea of Christianity, if you're not a Christian yet, is is that Jesus came and died on the cross for your sins so that you could have God's approval. He's giving that to you, not based on your merit, but based on Jesus' merit. So it's all those things that you're worried about, all those things that you've done that that would say, God's not really gonna approve of me. No, 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 Jesus paid for that stuff. He, He took it onto himself on the cross and he's giving you his goodness, his righteousness so you can live now knowing that you do have the smile of God. You're not living for the smile of God, you're living from it. He's already given it to you. That's a powerful place to be. Now you're freed up. You don't have to, he's not like that, that angry dad in the sky who's like, oh, if you don't get an A plus, like I'm not gonna, no, 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 no. He already, he, he took care of that, man. He paid for all the things you've done wrong. He paid for that already. And now from that free place, you can live your life knowing you have that smile and, and going forward in that. I believe that's the only way to live the Christian life. So this is the first thing. Thou shalt not live for the like. Second thing. Second thing, I hope y'all have ADD today because we're gonna just flip from one thing to the next thing and they're gonna be only loosely related by social media. So if you have, social, if you have ADD, we're gonna be good today. So second thing, thou shalt not waste your life on social media. Thou shalt not waste your life on social media. One of the things we mentioned in the series is the average social media user spends two hours per day on social media. And that sounds like a lot. And if you add it up over the lifetime, that's five years of a person's life that they spend scrolling or I'm trying to take the perfect selfie, which maybe it's more for them because they're taking 500, it'll take a while. Um, so how much do you spend? How much are you on social media, do you know? Is it two hours a day? Probably less, right? Some of you are more. Is it, what is it? How much do you spend? 
It's hard to say, right? Unless you have something on your phone that'll tell you how much you spent on it, which is possible. I saw a clip of a, a Denzel Washington interview as I was researching, and um, I don't know what it is about Denzel Washington. It's like when he talks, I like want to lean in and listen. I don't know. Not everything he says is good, but he said this line, and it kind of struck me. Uh, he said, are you using your device, or is your device using you? Can you put it down? Can you turn it off? Can you just imagine Denzel saying that, like all kind of like in your face, aggressive-like? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> what I wanted to say, what popped up in my head as soon as I heard him say that, Dude, I can stop anytime I want. Uh-huh. You thought it too, right? Spoken like a true addict. I can, I can put that down anytime I want. We'll do it. I don't want to, right? I don't want to. So I want to ask you, is the amount of time you spend on social media the right amount of time? I'm not, say, I'm not doing the pastor thing where like, you need to get off. I don't know. How much time do you spend? I don't know. You got you to gotta lay this out. You got to think this through. You got to pray this through and say, God, is the amount of time I'm spending on social media the amount of time you want me spending on social media? I don't know. Is it? I mean, if it's two hours a day, we could all have the argument as to whether or not a human being should spend that much time on social media. But I'm not going to make a hard and fast rule. I feel like you got to pray about this. How much time are you spending? And is that the amount of time that God wants you to spend? So let me be the honest one here. I'll, be the, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. For me, I do not sit down and spend two hours straight on social media. For us of all, I, I do have a little bit of ADD. That would not interest me at all. Um, I get disgusted really quickly. Secondly, I don't have that kind of unbroken time in my life. I don't. Um, for me, that's not when I spend my time on social media. It's the in-between times. It's, it's that, those stolen minutes. It's that fall through the cracks, FTTC, fall through the cracks time. The FTTC time that gets me. When I take a, a minute break from writing my sermon, instead of what I used to do is like go outside and take a deep breath and listen to the birds and pray for a minute. Now I'm on Twitter. Where's LeBron going next year? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm immediately plugged in. I'm, I'm checking Facebook to see how many people are saying yes to come into our invite to, to Blue Tip, which is a lot, by the way. Like I'm sucked into that stuff now. So, so I go from being plugged into one thing and working and working and working to being plugged into somewhere else. It's the FTTC time that I spend on social media. And that's hard to measure, right? It's little bits, it's little drips, little drips into a cup. And, and I'm sure the cup, I'm sure there's, there's minutes and minutes and minutes and even an hour in there. I'm not, I don't know how much, but it's hard to measure. And it's easy to justify because it's just the FTTC time. It's not like I'm sitting down and spending like an hour straight. It's just little bits here and there. But you know what? Um, okay, so what I'm about to say next, some people will roll their eyes and make fun of me. Other people will think I'm bragging about, so it just depends on where you're coming from. I promise I'm not bragging. It would be much like me talking about how many points I scored in a basketball game in high school. Like this happened a long time ago, so I'm not bragging, but just take this for what it's worth because I, I made this observation in my life. Um, the year I graduated from college, um, I read 50 books that year. Okay, so some of you are like, nerd. And others of you are like, wow, that's impressive. You're bragging, so do, I don't care where you're at. Um, but for me, that was important because... Uh, it was, a, it was important for me to not stop learning after I graduated. I really wanted to make a, a point to keep going with that. Now, I was in a completely different life situation. I did not have three kids. I was not the lead pastor of this church. And I really did kind of see myself as in a season of preparation at that point. So a lot of things were different. However, it wasn't like I was sitting on tons of time. The way I was able to do that is I used my FTTC time to read. That's, I, I used it to grow and, and, to, and to learn. That's how I used it. And now I'm keeping up with what President Trump is doing on Twitter instead of reading. So for me, as I was reflecting on this this week, I'm like, man, that FTTC time adds up. It adds up. It's probably more than you think. 
and I want to use it wisely. Psalm 90.12 says this, teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And what that means is that like we should know, like we need to value the time that we have. We need to understand how little time we have on this earth and, and to value it well, to number our days, to number our hours, to number our minutes, to, to understand that they have weight to them. So again, I'm just asking, is the amount of time you spend on social media the right amount of time? And could you be using that time to do something else? Can you put the phone down? <laughs> or has it sunk roots into your hand and into your heart and into your mind? Thou shalt not waste your life on social media. Number two. Number three. Thou shalt not get the truth from the mob. Thou shalt not get the truth from the mob. Built into our society is the idea that majority rules, right? Um, that's the idea of democracy, right? And for the most part, that's a good thing. We want majority to rule in our society, right? It prevents power from being wielded by the few. It prevents the masses from being oppressed because the masses have the power, at least that's the way it's supposed to work, right? And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And while I really like that for the way uh, to like, run a country, I believe it is a massively dangerous way to get your beliefs about what is right and wrong in this world. And as a Christian, listen, if you're a Christian, you can't do that. You cannot do that. You cannot be a Christian and let people decide what is right and wrong for you. You can't do it. That's just inconsistent with our belief system. We believe that there was a creator God who made the universe and everything in it. We believe that he wrote the laws of nature and ordained the way things would work in the physical universe, right? He decided how light was going to work, how gravity was going to work, how mass and energy and all that stuff was going to work. And he made laws that govern all of the scientific universe. And we as Christians also believe that he wrote spiritual laws too. That they, and they work the same way as physical laws. And what I mean is, like, you can reject the law of gravity all you want, but if you jump off the roof of your house, you're still going to break your leg, right? It doesn't matter whether it, the law of gravity does not need you to believe in it to work, right? That's the, that's the way we, and everybody knows that. You don't have to be a Christian to understand that. Your belief in gravity is not required to feel the consequences of gravity. See, but Christians, we take that one step further and we believe that there are spiritual laws that work the same way, that God had an idea of how the universe should run, not just, not just physically, but also spiritually. And that when we break those spiritual laws uh, and we, get, we are out of harmony with the way God created things, there will be consequences. They might not be as visible or as uh, obvious as a broken leg, but in a lot of ways, they're way more dangerous. Way more dangerous. For example, take our sex lives. God says, find one woman, marry her, have sex with her, have babies with her, love her your whole life. That order. Majority of society says that is old-fashioned. There are better ways to do it. But I don't know. Take the person who goes in the opposite direction. The guy who never commits. The guy who sleeps with anything that bats her eyes at him. Compare that guy's whole life to the guy who does what God says to do to his whole life. Compare the two. Whose life is better? Who has a deeper life? Who has a more fulfilled life? Just because the consequences of breaking spiritual laws are less visible than when we break physical ones does not mean they do not exist. I bet, I bet, almost every single person in here, some of your deepest pains in your life have come from either you or someone close to you breaking God's spiritual laws when it comes to sex. I would bet everything. That most of us, that's where your deepest pain lies. But everybody wants to say those laws don't exist. 
Well, your pain begs to differ. That broken leg, when you disobey gravity, that hurts. But the pain you, you feel, is it any less real? That's because God wrote spiritual laws as well. And we get our truth from him. Proverbs 16, 25 says this, there's a way which seems right to a man, but in the end is the way of death. Uh, there's a way in which seems right to a mob, but in the, in the, in the end is the way of death. Um, don't let social media tell you what is right and wrong. Don't let the mob tell you what is right and wrong. Don't go to the comments section to get your truth. God wrote the DNA of the universe. He's the one who will tell you what is right and what is wrong. Live according to that. Don't get your truth from the mob. All right, number four. I got to blaze through this one, okay? We're just going to go fast. Thou shalt know the difference between authentic and transparent. Authentic and transparent, okay? Um, in week one of this series, uh, I talked about the idea that much of what you see on social media isn't real, right? Like people carefully curate what they put on, on social media. So you're seeing highlights, man. So you shouldn't compare your mundane life to their highlights because they are not posting everything on there. And that's true for the most part. But there is a type of person, a certain type of person who kind of does the opposite. Uh, and they would be what you would consider over posters. And they're probably some of the most entertaining people on social media because they post everything, right? You all know somebody like that. None of us in this room do that, but other people do. Um, and there's a piece of that that's admirable, right? You're like, wow, I can't, but like, you're just so bold. Like, you just throw it out there, man. Like, you don't care that everybody knows that you and your wife are like not getting along. Like, that's cool. Like, it, it just, it's shocking sometimes how open people are on there. But, um, and again, most of us don't fall into that category, but I bet you all probably feel attention when, when I say that most people care, carefully curate what you put on Facebook and, and maybe you feel a little inauthentic and only posting happy things, because that's not really your life. If you scroll through your Facebook, it's, it's not. It's the highlights. It's, you might feel a little inauthentic. Like, well, that's not really me. That's like a very polished up version of me. And maybe you feel like attention in that. And what I want you to see with this point is that um, you need to know the difference between authentic and transparent. Authentic is sharing genuinely. Transparent is sharing deeply. And they're different. One you should do, one maybe. You should always share genuinely, but you don't always have to share deeply. So I want to release you from any weird tension you're carrying if you feel, like, feel inauthentic for not sharing every aspect of your life. No, 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 you're good. <laughs> you're good. You don't have to. Check out what Jesus said in Matthew 7, 6. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. So Jesus makes a command and then he makes an observation of what happens if you, if you break this command. He said, hey, don't, don't give what is sacred to dogs. Don't cast your pearls before swine. Um, those deep like things in your heart that are really important to you, that are really sacred to you, don't give them to everybody. Don't give them to everybody. They won't value it the way you value it. Jesus said, don't do that. And then his observation is that they will turn and tear you to pieces. It's almost as if the thing that you thought was important, they're going to use it now to rip you in half. So that thing that you threw out there that was just so emotional and so heartfelt, somebody's going to come in from the side and T-bone that idea, and they don't give a rip that how much your heart was in that. They'll tear you to pieces because of it. So, so what I want you to see here is some parts of your heart aren't meant for everyone. Some parts of your life aren't meant for everyone. That's okay. Don't feel inauthentic. You should have levels of transparency. Always authentic, selectively transparent. Okay? Always authentic, selectively transparent. You don't have to share everything. All right. That was for somebody, not very many of us, important for that one person that it was for. I hope you heard it. Um, number five. Thou shalt guard thine eyes and thine heart. 
um, man, this is the one that messed me up this week. Like, I was really praying about this point. Um, if you haven't been paying attention up to this point, please do. This is, this is, if everything else has been useless to you, please listen here. This is really, really important. Um, Want to hear a crazy st- statistic? Of all the divorce filings in the United States right now, 33% of them will cite Facebook as a reason. Right now, 33%. One out of three divorces, somewhere in there, Facebook is a reason. It's pretty crazy, right? One out of three. And then a, a University of Missouri study said this. Individuals who use Facebook excessively are far more likely to experience Facebook-related conflict with their romantic partners, which, in, which then may cause negative relationship outcomes, including emotional and physical cheating, breakup, and divorce. Crazy, right? That there's a correlation between social media use and relationship problems. We're not, we, don't, we don't know about causation. We don't know if one's causing the other. Like, they're just saying that they're related in some way, that an increase in social media use also increases relationship problems. And it's so pronounced, this relationship between the two, that we can't ignore it. Like I felt this strange like, burden on me this week that I can't teach a whole sermon series on social media and not talk about the idea that, hey, social media could destroy your marriage. It could destroy it if you let it. I can tell you just anecdotally, a lot of the marriage counseling, like, oh, I would say 99% of the marriage counseling I do, this is brought up, social media in some way. Not all of it, but almost all of it. Because <laughs> social media is so dangerous when it comes to this, the connections you're making, they don't, they don't feel real, right? They feel innocent. They seem shallow. But if you let yourself drift when it comes to your interactions on social media, you will drift into danger. If you let yourself drift, you will drift into danger. And here's how it goes. You're ticked off at your husband for something. You start throwing, scrolling through Facebook. You come across that people you may know section and all of a sudden your ex-boyfriend pops up on there. You click on it, you're just curious. You know what's going on with him. You look through the pictures of his family wife's not as pretty as you thought she would be. I don't know. You let yourself wonder, because you're ticked off at him, you let yourself wonder what it would have been like, you know, if you hadn't broken up with him. You're conveniently forgetting all of the things you fought about and all the reasons you broke up, but you just start thinking about that. You start fantasizing about what it would be like. Feeling nostalgic, you message him. Nothing deep, man, nothing deep. It's just tell him his kids are cute or something, you know? Nothing, nothing huge. You chat back and forth when he sees it. All innocent, nothing big. Except you definitely don't want your husband to know. Not because it's wrong, but because, you know, it's just not worth the conversation. It wasn't anything anyways. It's not that big of a deal. Why would I tell him? It'd just be a thing. Let's not make it a thing. Let's just let it go. Next couple of days you're on, little green light pops up. You talk again. You talk again. You talk again. You start having a little bit of a thing going back and forth messaging. And one day, somebody, maybe you, maybe him, suggests, you know what, we should just grab coffee. Like, this messaging thing is so hard. Like, it's easier to talk face-to-face just to catch up, you know, just to catch up. It's not a big deal. So you're going to meet for coffee. Again, I'm not going to tell my husband, because, like, that would be, you know, it's just another, just the conversation I don't want to have. Like, it's, it's, it, this is nothing. It's just coffee. And you meet him. And you talk, and it's just like old times. And deep down, you wonder again. Hmm, wonder what it would be like. Wonder what my life would be like. 
You go back to secretly chatting online. You meet again for coffee, maybe next time for dinner, maybe next time for lunch. You just keep going, and before you know it, something happens that you definitely did not intend to happen when you clicked on that people you may know button. And you destroyed your marriage. You destroyed your life. Taking one kind of innocent step at a time. You slipped all the way down a hill that you never intended to go down. And each step seemed innocent enough all by itself, but they add up to a place you don't want to be. And what I want to tell you today, like, you got to understand, Satan's not playing checkers, he's playing chess. He doesn't care, like, you're losing pawns left and right, and you're like, it's just, it's just a pawn. And Satan's like, I will, in three moves, you are checkmating. You don't even know it. Proverbs 22.3 says this. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. <sighs> you don't want to be the second one here in this category on social media, especially when it comes to this subject. And I believe if you don't discuss with your, if this isn't a conversation with your spouse, if you guys aren't talking about how you use social media and you're not setting up some kind of guardrails, some kind of system, then you are the simpleton in this verse. You are going blindly on and there will be consequences. There will. So let me give you just one example, non-negotiable my wife and I's uh, marriage uh, to go backwards is that transparency. While I do not think that you should be fully transparent on Facebook, you should be fully transparent with your spouse about what goes on on Facebook. Fully transparent. She should have access to everything and be able to check it whenever she wants. Man, her thumbprint should be on your phone. She should know your code. If she goes to reach for her phone, you shouldn't even flinch. You should be like, yeah, here you go. What do you, what do you need? Why don't you respond to that message for me, please? Like, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, right? He should be able to see whatever he wants to see. If you have nothing to hide, don't hide. Like, be completely open. If you're completely transparent, I feel like that's a big step in the right direction. And don't do the thing. Don't, don't do the thing where you're reconnecting with old flames just because we're just want to be, don't do that. Don't do that. It's way too dangerous. Don't start down that road. I'm telling you. You're losing pawns. You're losing pieces and Satan is going to put you where he wants you and you just don't see it yet. Man, I felt this really big burden this week that man, somebody's got to stop, man. Like, you're going to destroy your marriage. You're like playing with fire, about to get burned. Stop. Cut it off. Be open. You're going to get burned. So, these five. Shrewd as serpents, but innocent as doves. Know what's going on. Know the rules, but don't play by the rules. Uh, connect, but don't get consumed. Which one is God speaking to you today? You're living for the like, you need to find your <laughs> approval from God. You're wasting your life, maybe. You're getting your truth from the mob, you need to get your truth from God. <laughs> you need to know the difference between authentic and transparent. Or man, do you need to guard your heart? Do you need to guard your eyes on social media? Which one is God speaking to you? I pray that uh, you'd hear him. Let's pray.